Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome to Foul Tips, the all-baseball edition of the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Listen in as Brent gives his views on the world of baseball, from the big leagues, to the minor leagues, to Little League. Foul Tips is also home to the Rick Award, and we are part of the Belly Up Network. So sit back, grab a beer, and let's get into it. All right, Foul Tips, August the 19th, 2022, the all-baseball edition of the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer reports talking a whole lot more. Today I'll discuss uh, last night's WCBL championship game, which yours truly was a part of in in some way. I have uh, James Tubb joining us down in the uh, in the tavern. James is from the Medicine Hat News. He's a sports reporter there. We're going to talk the Medicine Hat Maverick season in WCBL. And I'm going to going back to the Bronx to, tomorrow for my first time since 2019. Me and the producer are heading down for, for the weekend to watch the Yankees and the Jays and then the, the Subway Series and the Billy Joel concert later on in the week. So that should be fun, even though the Yankees are, aren't doing too good right now. It should be a lot of fun regardless. So Sit back, grab a beer, and let's get into it. So last night here in Okotoks, Alberta, where I am right now, the, the uh, coveted Harry Hallis Trophy was awarded to the WCBL champion of uh, Okotoks Dogs. Once again, they uh, defeated the Moose Jaw Miller Express two games to one in a great game last night, 4-1 final. Uh, I was lucky enough to be on third base. Thank you, uh, Chris Hartley, for getting me out there in front of a uh, capacity crowd i think they said 5500 uh great crowd great atmosphere uh the game probably went the right way the the, the correct team won okotoks was the uh powerhouse set, set a new league record this year in for wins uh they had a great team top to bottom they pitched really well last night it was a lot of fun um the crowd was into it the whole time they uh the mute the the if you haven't been to seaman stadium you got to go to a game next year it's, it's quite fantastic uh, to close out the game for the, the dogs some kid by the name of uh, his nickname is tugboat exactly what uh, the name states that the uh, the shape of me is a heck, heck of a pitcher throws really hard uh, the crowd was chugging tugboat tugboat he's coming out in the field it was a lot of fun to to be a part of I wasn't playing a favorite by any means I'm just saying it was uh it was fun to hear the uh the home the home team root 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 for the home or the home crowd root root, root for the home team so it was a lot of fun WCBL season came to an end for me last night uh it was a lot of fun I had an all-star game this year so it was a successful season all in all for for Brent Radlinski, I don't know every other team how they, they felt about it because they didn't win, but for me it was a win, and for the Oakland Dogs it was a win. So it was a lot of fun. Um, just uh, make sure if, if you get, if you are in the Lethbridge area or wherever you are, uh, actually it just go, goes out to uh, everywhere. If you're interested in baseball, uh, get out and umpire games, or if you know someone who can umpire games, get out and do it. We have a lack of officials throughout the league, throughout the, the, the sport, uh, and, and that's in Canada, United States, everywhere. 
Um, everybody reads the horror stories about how umpires and officials in all sports are treated. So there's a, definitely a lack of uh, officials out there for, for these kids and for games. And it's it's nobody's fault but uh, the organizers and the parents. Uh, nobody wants to go out there for a few hours a day and get yelled at and screamed at for a couple of bucks. But anyways, uh, in Southern Alberta, we're having a clinic that's going to run throughout the, the fall and the winter to get guys prepped for next year. So if you can, if you see one in your area, what, wherever you live, whether it be Ontario, uh, BC, New, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, wherever you listen to this, make uh, try to get out and uh, learn how to, to, to do it. It's a lot of fun. And it can be quite, quite rewarding um, to, to be out in the field. But anyways, yeah, like I said, the, the Harry Hallis Trophy was uh, awarded last night, the Okotoks Dogs. So congratulations to them. Uh, worked a lot of their games this year. And then a lot of kids who, pl- who played for Okotoks uh, also played for the Okanagan team, uh, won the CCBC championship. So that was a lot of fun to see them uh, win a couple of on the field for that game too. So it was a lot of fun to, to see the, these kids have back-to-back champions in, in one summer. So once again, congratulations to them. Uh, remember the 1420 Sports Bar podcast is sponsored by Manscaped and manscaped.com. Go to Go to manscaped.com and use promo code 1420SCAPE. That's 1420SCAPE for 20% off all their, their goods and wares, everything they got going on, and free shipping. Fellas, fantasy football draft season is right around the corner. CD Lamb is good, but have you seen these beautiful balls? It's time to get your snake looking right for this snake draft with the sponsors of our show, Manscaped. The leader in below-the-waist grooming have created a championship lineup with their performance package 4.0. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code 1420SCAPE. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag. Tom Brady didn't come out of retirement to have you have it for you to have hairy balls. Plotted a quarterback, we have the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. This spaceship is here to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, and even your A-gap. This fourth generation trimmer also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor and is even waterproof. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4,000K LED spotlight, which allows you to be as accurate as Bill Belichick with a challenge flag. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker, the Ultimate Flex. Watch it run through ear and nose hairs like Derrick Henry coming up the gut. Don't forget to use Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver to help your little bench warmers be on their A, on their a game while feeling the sun's heat. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxer Briefs, and the Shed Travel Bag. Who's the commissioner now? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 1420SCAPE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code 1420SCAPE at manscaped.com today. It's time to put your the PP back in PPR and get a grip on your pigskin this season with Manscaped. The 1420 Sports Podcast, four beer sports talk and a whole lot more. I'm joined today by James Tubb. Uh, reporter for the Medicine Hat News. He's been there for about a year now, sports guy. And I saw you even saw him taking pictures at a Beach Boys concert uh, three weeks ago, whatever it was, at the uh, Medicine Hat Stampede. Uh, James, thanks for coming on the show today. Um, what's your first thoughts? You've been in, in the hat for almost a year now. What's your, your thoughts on the community? I used to live there for, oh, eight, nine years. What's your thoughts on the community so far in the, in the, the year you've been there? 
Yeah, thanks, Brent. You know, this is kind of like a first time, first time caller, long time listener. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's been a great first year in the hat here. This is a small, like this is a big city, but a small town feel. I'm from a small town in Ontario of like four thousand. Yeah. This is like sixty thousand people, and it feels like that. It feels like four thousand. It's been a lot of fun. People here love their sports, whether it's the Tigers or the Mavericks, whatever it is. It's just it's made my job easy. I just I write it, and people eat it up. Yeah, that's one thing I, that I liked about Medicine Hat the most is that even though it's 60,000 people, you seem to run into the same people all the time, uh, different places you go and everything else. And it's, uh, it's got that small town feel and, you, and you, you have a very good sense of community in that town compared to other places I lived. And yeah, I'm from a town of uh, not even not even 4,000 when I originally grew up. Oh, wow. So it's, it's the same kind of deal. Uh, before we get into the Mavericks, I, uh, have you been to the Silver Buckle yet for their 555 steak sandwich? <laughs> I haven't been to the Silver Buckle yet, no. I've uh, haven't uh, ventured that yet. I've heard good things though. Yeah, I'm you got to get there. To the, go, go down and see Dave at, at the Buckle. He'll uh, just tell tell him it's on Brent. And he'll uh, he'll get you one for free. The five fifty five <laughs> steak sandwich. It's it's uh, you can't beat that deal. Anyways, James, it's your your first year covering the Mavericks and the WCBL because you, you, you by the time you got into the hat last year, the, they didn't play last year, but right. the season would have been done anyways. Um, what were your expectations of the WCBL first going into the season? Yeah, before I even knew about it or met any of the players, I was I didn't know what to expect, Brent. It was kind of I was like, okay, this will be college guys. Um, frankly, I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. The play on the field, I was blown away at how quickly, just how good everyone was, whether it was pitchers or hitters, and it was a lot of fun. And it was really cool to see just uh, how much of a pro these guys are, and even like on the media side of it, talking. I don't think I had a bad interview all year. All these guys, I don't think they get media training, but they sure seem to like it. But no, I was impressed just with the pace and the amount of uh, skill everyone showed in the WCBL this year. Yeah, it is crazy to me the amount of time that these kids, because to me, they're kids. I'm 40, oh, geez, I'm 48 now. God, I keep forgetting that. But I'm 48 (laughs) years old now, and you you see these kids that they're at the field, but like before I get there, I'm there usually about an hour and a half before the game. Uh, when I'm umpiring a game and you see them there and the amount of time that they have to put on at the field with, whether it be new, actually they're, they use the maintenance guys at the field as well. And then yep. they're taking batting practice and they're there full to full time. Um, is there something that really surprised you with that? They still come out day in, day out um, and play and the travel and the schedule. We'll get into that in a second here, but is there something that surprised you about the kids about how much time they put in, but yet even as the season progresses, you, you'd think that Jesus, man, this has got to be tough to get out there night after night. Well, for me, it was like if the way I did interviews with them is I would get there at five o'clock because they would get off the field, the Mavericks uh, to the other team could do batting practice. And I'm like, okay, I'm here two hours before the game. This is a long time. I got to wait. Yeah, They're here even sooner than that. Right. And it's just to, to see them go through that and just uh, the amount, the way they could bounce back from losses or any of maybe if they had a tough night at the plate, that was something that, uh, I know when I used to play ball or even covering other sports, losses can linger. Whereas here, it was just kind of like, I guess it's the baseball mentality of, all right, tonight we're going to be a little grumpy. You know, you're cleaning up garbage in the stands. You're not, you're going to throw it maybe a little harder in the garbage can. And then the next day you're ready to ball again. And that was kind of something that impressed me with these college kids that, uh, because I still call them kids too, Brent. They're close to my age and it's a little scary. Some of them were my age, but um, just seeing how quickly they could get used to the schedule that they've never had in college and kind of learn how to rebound with losses, kind of like a pro. Like, I know it don't want to be cliche, but they're learning kind of how to be pros. hundred percent. That was one thing I was going to ask you, like the, the uh, Mavericks owner, uh, Greg Morrison, he, he played a little bit of pro ball and everything else. 
And uh, the game day experience at Athletic Park, I know as an umpire, I like going going to the games there. They, they, they usually get over 1,200 people most nights, and sometimes it's a lot more than that. I think there were 1,600 the last game I did there, so it, it adds to it. Uh, how much work do you, do you know is behind the scenes that Morrison does and the, and the game the game day staff to not only um, to get the players ready and to get, get the players going, that it, it helps out to not just recruitment-wise, but once the players are there, like how much uh, – does uh, work does old Greg Morrison put in? Well, it starts with I, the amount of times I've walked in and I've seen Greg throw BP. Like, it's just, you don't see that, right? What owner throws batting practice to their guys? And it starts there, or he's at first base working with, it was a couple of different guys this year, just showing them what he learned to make it to pro ball. And the Mavericks do, I obviously, I don't know every organization. They, like the front office staff was the hardest working I've seen in any organization I've covered in sports. And they just, they, like you said, they gave their kids that pro mentality to the point that guys were like, I don't know where else I'd want to play. Like I feel wanted here. And that was a big thing, whether it was a pregame meal or making sure the guys ate on the road and stuff like that felt good. The gym across the road, they had free access to, they didn't have to go across town or anything like that and billet families. And they just, I think the Mavericks before a player even gets there, before he puts on that Jersey, they're set up for success. And I think that was a big thing. Obviously the Mavericks didn't go as far as they wanted to this year, but I think they did a good job of reestablishing that core that they lost over COVID. And I think that's going to help along uh, a lot coming in the next couple of years, just how they were able to leave an impact on these kids this year. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty unbelievable how things can, without a, a, anything going around there for two years, it, uh, it can add up pretty quick. And like, well, there's two teams didn't make it. In uh, there was reason behind that Melville and York. Yeah, I'm kind, of, kind of glad they didn't. That's between me, you, and our listeners. <laughs> but um, they weren't the most successful things going. Um, the renovations at Athletic Park. What were it's fantastic. The uh, the seats are a little bit too close to where, where the umpire sits sometimes. But uh, <laughs> what was the, in general the, the fans thinking? The fans thoughts that, that you heard with the renovations, not only to uh, to the seating area, but with the, with the new souvenir booth. The, the expanded concessions and everything else. What, what, what were the fans' uh, thoughts on that? Because I used to sit in the stands there a lot when I lived there. <laughs> if I wasn't doing the game, and it was always yeah. great. But now with the the way the field is now, it's it's second to none. Well, Okotoks, I guess. But. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't tell Greg that. But um, yeah. <laughs> talking, even talking with Greg, like that was the big thing with these renovations. Were these were all what everything that was done was what fans wanted. So it was wanted immediately, and I think fans really liked those in the action seats. They got to see their players that they cheer on all season. They got to see their facial uh, expressions. And that's a big deal, right? You see these guys, you want to be able to put a face to the name literally. So I think that helped a lot, whether the umpires liked it or not, having no, I, I just, yeah, six I, feet behind them or not. Uh, <laughs> it made it easy for me taking photos, I'll tell you that. Yeah, but, no, there, um, there's definitely seventh inning umpires after a few Bud Lights that, that show up in those seats. But it, it's anyways, it's kind of a funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they loved the canopy, a little bit more shade. Uh, and the souvenir booth was amazing. Everything I heard, that was one thing that really stood out to people from what I heard was that uh, it had that big league feel of, yeah. I can walk in and see what's on display. It's not, uh, I I wasn't here, but I was told that it used to be just buckets of stuff. Tucked and away, you couldn't yeah. see what was going on. No, it's, it, it's Now you, you walk in and you're like, I'm in Rogers Center back in Toronto, and I can kind of see what it looks like on a mannequin and what it's going to look like on me. And I know they had stickers on some of the walls of some of the pictures and yeah. of the players. And it's just, it goes back to that Brent. It's the big league feel. And no, it I think was, the Mavericks uh, did a good job. They, they absolutely nailed it. I think people really enjoyed it. I, I know like when I first walked in there, uh, my first game this year, I was like, what the heck? This is not like, 
it, it looked a lot better. And I mean, it wasn't a dump before, but now it's just a lot better. Uh, we'll get on the field. The Mavericks, they had a, she's, she's a rough year when you go 18 and 38 and just lucky that they had a team that was worse than them in the East division, the Weyburn Beavers <laughs> that they had to, to geez, Weyburn was in rough, but they, uh, they took a few from the Mavericks uh, in, in around, I think it was mid July there, yeah. uh, 18 and 38. What do you think went wrong with the club? What a question. I don't think anything went wrong per se, Brent. I just think, I guess I could say that bounces didn't go their way. And that's easy for me to say, but the way I saw it, like this was a Mavericks team that was always going to make the playoffs from the start of the season. And it looked that way. And the fact that it took as long as it did was surprising, but I think they just had, and their head coach, Tyler Jasky talked about this. It was maybe the lack of, the lack of consistency and they were a young team. And I think that was a big part of it. And so it would be times at the start of the season, the offense was amazing. It was clicking. And then it kind of went away around the same time Adrian Salazar got his pro contract. And not that he led the offense, but when you take the best, I'll say the best hitter out of your lineup, it's just, it like shortens it. Right. So and well, you, you look at, you look at any major league team, like, like my, um, obviously I'm a Yankee guy, as you can see yeah. in, the, in the background here, uh, you, you lose a guy like Giancarlo Stanton and they can pitch around everybody else. So, yeah. So when the, when the Mavericks lose a guy like Salazar and he, I only got to be on the field with him, I think three or four times before he went to, to play pro, but that guy was good. Like he, he, he changed the way the game was played a little bit. And he, like the confidence that he had was, yeah. uh, it, 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 it aided the rest of his team. I was talking with one of the staffers in, in medicine hat uh, before the final game of the year. And we were just kind of going over the season kind of like this. And I just said, it's, it's so, so cliche, but it's such a baseball thing. Salazar was a pro. The second he walked in the field, I'm like, that guy's going to pro ball. He just yeah. like the swagger he had. And I think, so when the Mavericks lost that, it maybe knocked the offense down a peg, but the pitching got good then. And it was just, they never clicked at the same time. And I think that's kind of what held the Mavericks back all year was just uh two sides of the ball, not working together at the same time. There was, yeah, there was a few times in that as like the umpire crews, we used to like, we talk after the games, like we don't well, obviously don't have a, a dog in the fight or a horse in the race. We don't care. I don't care who wins. It's just, but you, 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 you discuss things afterwards on the trip back to medicine had or to, to Lethbridge. Sorry. Um, you just knew that hat was going to blow it somehow, some way. And you just didn't know when <laughs> you didn't know why you didn't know how, but you just kind of always had a feeling as the season progressed, like, something's going to go sideways. I remember there was a, a Friday night game. Uh, I think it was against Weyburn where they had a guy on second. I think it was the bottom of the eight. The game was rolling two, uh, two hours. Guy, they, they put in a pinch runner at second base. He rounded third, missed third, fell down, went back to touch third, fell down again, tried to score, got thrown out. I was on home plate that game. He yeah. got thrown out by, oh, geez, easily 15 feet. Even though he fell down three times, he still almost made it. It was things like that that you go, Jesus. And then in, in the in the uh, pop of the 11th inning, a, a double play ball of the first baseman should have been should have been a, a ending inning double play. It went through Dion Reese's legs, uh, like Patrick Waugh playing net, and uh, that was it. It, it just they seem to have a season like that where it's night after night, you like something's not going to go right here, and you just you just knew it. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that night up, Brent. I tried to forget that night. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, uh, I, was yeah, thinking, was... I was thinking I was going <laughs> to, we were probably going to get get the bar a little quicker with a yeah. two hour game, which doesn't happen very often. All of a sudden it was three ten. Like what the hell just happened here? That game. I can tell you, it was Kellen Williams that didn't start that game. It was his last game before he went to go play D one. He went to, to leave early, but it was his last game and he got into pinch run and just, That's, I don't yeah. know what it was. He stepped over the base kind of and slipped 
And I forget how he said it. He was just like, I I, got, I just had to go home. And I was like, well, you didn't have to. And like, it was just kind of after the game, it was a mess. And I was just, yeah, it was quite the game to like, to try to think of post-game questions. Yeah. I was so in a mess. Yeah. I was, I kind of wish you would have called him safe at home. So we didn't have to go through I that. I couldn't. But. He was out by so much. I don't think I got, I don't think he got to the batter's box. He was out by that much. Like what the hell just happened? Yeah, he was. You're right. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was one of those games that it was kind of, that's when the thoughts of, are the playoffs going to happen creeping in? But they, yeah. it was kind of after that, actually, I think they got, it was a shock to the system that guys leadership started stepping up and that was kind of a common theme heading into the playoffs was the leaders stepped up and kind of said like, all right, we're let's bear down here. We're making the playoffs. And yeah. One guy that I really thought, and I like only seen him pitch a couple of times, but I seen him pitch more um, during the, the CCBC season. I can't remember his last name. Like I really should do. I don't do research. Who am I kidding? <laughs> but uh, first name, Ethan uh, from Calgary, left-handed Ethan Bromley. Yeah. I, yeah. I did know that. Um, I quite liked him on the field. And as, as the more I saw, like I, I almost seen him pitch two or three times as, as a Maverick, but he was always really, um, he seemed like a real go-getter, uh, a team leader, a guy that was a raw, raw guy. I did the one playoff, one of the playoff games, the Regina game in Medicine Hat. I was on home play for that. And Ethan was uh, a little bit chippy, I guess you could say. He was like, he was kind of uh, chirping the other team a little bit, but all in good, like all in, like it was all yeah. clean, good. It was good. Uh, Ethan Bromley, I thought was the kind of leader um, as the season went on, because I think he's a little bit older, and he, his baseball's career is basically yep. complete now. Um, Ethan Bromley's a good I, I quite enjoyed talking to him throughout the season. He, yeah, he summed Ethan up pretty good. He was a great guy to talk to all season long. Um, and, yeah, like you said, perfect leader. And he did had a multiple roles. He started the year as a starter. He actually opened – he started the uh, home opener, and yeah. they won that game, and that was a big game for him. I know that. And – Throughout the year, he was a starter. He went to the bullpen when they needed it. They were, we talked about leads got blown, so they put him as a veteran in the bullpen. And then in the playoffs, he kind of he pitched in, I believe it was one or two games. He pitched in the Moose Jaw series, yeah. uh, the first game to win. And before that, his role was on the bench. And it was not – it was just to keep guys in the game, the young guys. This was a young roster. I don't know how many times uh, – yeah. It sounds cliche to keep bringing it up, but it, it was a young team and he helped kind of keep them together, him alongside Zach Stark, the catcher and uh, his brother, Nathan, and uh, the rest of the veterans. But there was a thousand yeah. Starks. Hey, eh? every time you turn around, there's, Starks, <laughs> I'm like, I'm there's three. Out of yeah, that. no, it was kind of cool. It was the second game of the year, I think up in Moosha and um, that they all got in the game together for the first time. And that was the Starks up the middle. And that was awesome to see, but um, just to finish up on Bromley. Yeah. He was a great guy to talk to all year. And, ultimate guy like best uh he would organize actually i haven't reported on this yet but it's a good story his parents game one in regina ordered food for the guys oh so we didn't have okay because yeah. tyler was telling me before a game there that because the, the bus was going to be if they would have ate they would have blah 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 would have taken until yep. midnight before you even get get on the road yeah okay yeah. yeah 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 so his parents organized for us to get pizza and like it's just stuff like that that like guys who care more about his teammates than wins not that he doesn't care about wins, but cares more about the team than anything else do. And he organized food for the first game after Moose Jaw, another win. And uh, yeah, it's just, I can't say enough good things about Ethan Bromley. No, really, that. really good guy. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about uh, Salazar not that long ago, but he was, uh, once he left, was there another guy on the Mavericks roster once he left that you go, man, this kid, he's good. He's He's got a chance to go somewhere. Like a lot of these guys, like we just talked um some of these guys they played their last their last baseball games this week. Yeah. And that's it. They'll, they'll never play again. 
And uh, I heard that a lot as the season progressed. Like there was a kid um, here in, in Lethbridge who came up to bat and, and he uh, says, this is my last at bat ever, Brent. And he's like, geez, you, you don't think of that, right? Because yeah. I've been umpiring forever and I'll keep umpiring until they tell me to, to stay home. But a lot of these guys, this is it. Yeah. Um, is there a kid out there that in, in the hat that uh, you're like, why is he in this league? Like, why, like <laughs> what's, what's going on here? Well, I mean, when you break a stolen base record, I think it's hard to go anywhere else than Braden Disonia. I mean, he just, every time he got up, like I took photos along the for the paper. And I think every game I have more photos of Braden than anyone else. Somehow he's just really photogenic, but I think some of that just, some of that just comes with skill and he, what he could do on the base pass and what he could do with the plate was unbelievable. And then to play center field, he played all season at Columbia college at shortstop, I believe. And then just came to center field in medicine hat. And I think was one of the best center fielders in the league. There oh, yeah. wasn't a ball in center field that I was like, oh, he doesn't have that. And to the point that the Mavericks just go, oh, we got a guy, and he would go and catch it. And it was just, yeah, I like, I won't be surprised if Braden Disowned is not back next year. I'd love to see him in Mavericks red again. He's almost too good for this league, I think. And well, I think he's yeah, last go week when he, when he had his first at bat in that Regina game, and I, like I said, I was on home plate, and he he rolled up to, to home plate. He's he's a pretty quiet guy. He doesn't say a whole bunch. Yeah. And I, I said to him, I said, oh, look, it's the Ricky fucking Henderson of the WCBL. <laughs> and he, he he looked back and he smiled. Me and the, the catcher, we had, a, we had a laugh and everything else. And but he basically, the catcher was like, yeah, when you, when you get on, I'm screwed, basically. It was, yeah. it was quite funny to listen to it. And he, uh, he got on in a walk, I think, or I can't remember how, but he stole two bases and it was uncontested. Like, yeah, it was, oh, yeah. Unbelievable. It was amazing how, like, that when he stole the record, broke the record that game, he got on base. And I could hear Weber and outfielders were like, how many steals does he need? Everyone knew that everybody in that stadium knew he was going to steal and he still got the base. Well, I have that one written down here uh, that was there a discussion before the game with him and Tyler saying, if you get on, go for it. Like just like we're in the playoffs already. It's already taken care of. You get thrown out. It doesn't matter where we're set, where we are. Yeah. Is it, um, or they had to win that game. I can't remember. Yeah. I was saying they hadn't clinched yet. That was an important game for them. That was the game they clinched. It was okay. That's oh, it was, it was the for Friday someone writing. A, Saturday, yeah. 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 For somebody writing a story on it, it was perfect. It was a best night for it. But, um, actually I don't, it didn't even make it to Tyler. It was just between, uh, Braden and Michael Forgione, the assistant coach. Okay. Who was yeah. the base running coach. He won, uh, actually won the WMBL in 2014 with the Mavericks. He played there. But um, yeah, Forge said the two talked and he's like, you got the green light. Like you're so close. Let's do it. And let's get it done. And they got on base and it was, I kind of wrote, I actually wrote about it. It was a funny story. The space that he stole, once he got on first pitcher, Jack Suhai, another medicine hat kid went and grabbed a base and started spray painting it white. Cause they're like, well, Braden's going to steal third. So we need to replace the base. Yeah. And it was just that confidence in him. And uh, two pitches later, he did it. No, it's uh, yeah. I haven't I haven't seen a kid in this league that fast in, in a long, long time. He was he was something. Uh, it was something special to, to watch. Um, in general, the and I shouldn't say don't care. In general, um, fans don't care. Like if they if if, if especially at this league, they they most not. Some people think it's professional baseball, but others they they're like okay, it's, they're hit these kids are here for the summer. They have a good time. The game days, we 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 come to the game to to root 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 for the home team. And it, once it's done, it's done. They 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 go okay. Well, they won, they lost. Um, Medicine Hat's a little bit different. Do you find that the fans of Medicine Hat 
because you travel around the league like like I do. And I think the fans of Medicine had actually actually care if their team wins compared to other cities where they just go to a game for sake going to a game. What's your thoughts on that? There is a mixed. I was talking about this with Jeski, and um, there is definitely those fans, and it's awesome that there's that fans that care that much and know that much, like know these guys, and like they yeah, if they lose, it's try not to talk to fans after losses. That's the way I always did it. Was stay well, away that walk, that, gonna, walk that we yeah. have to do underneath there to, to the umpire room. There's yeah. some nights you hear it like, "What's this? The worst walk in baseball." Yeah, yeah no thanks. <laughs> you guys need it. Yeah, you need a tunnel or something. But um. <laughs> No, I think it's awesome. And but there's still also those fans that are just there for, you know what? It's a Friday night. Let's go to Athletic Park and just let's slam some pints and watch some baseball. And I think any successful baseball team needs that. You need your diehard fans that are going to live and breathe that team. And you need your casual fans and those that are just there for a good night. And I think the Mavericks had a good mix of that. And it showed some nights that uh like when Stampede was in town, obviously attendance went down a little bit because uh it's a cowboy town, but uh, their diehards were still there. And then when there was nothing kind of going on in June and kids were just finishing up school, you could tell that there was more casual fans. Maybe I don't want to put down any fans. Fans are fans. And no, I, in this I, league. I think that's like, one of the great things that like, I, I love baseball. I've loved it since I was a kid. I think that's, that's one of the things that I like about it the most is that you don't really have to watch it. Like when you're at a game, you can, you can talk with someone next to you. You can kind of know who's playing, but it doesn't really matter who's up. And you hear the, you hear the crack of the bat, you can turn your head and, and start paying attention. And I think yeah. that that's what people actually like about baseball more so than, than hockey, where the action go, goes here and there. But if you go to a baseball game, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. You can just casually watch it, and then you have nine innings to really get into it. And if it gets, if it gets exciting in the seventh and eighth, ninth inning, then you can really get into it, and the crowd does get into it. Um, compared to hockey, you, you really got to watch. I think that's one thing that people like about baseball. And when I, when I lived in the house, I used to just go to games. I think that was the biggest thing that I noticed was that people just like going to the park. Yeah, and they did a good job this year. I don't know. Obviously, I can't tell what they did in 2019, but uh... – the stuff in between innings, like you can, you'll get people dialed in for the games during the innings. You need stuff in between the pitches. And 100%. I think they did a good job of that. And it's something that I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know anything, what they're going to do if they did that more. And I know Okotoks did a little bit of that at the all-star game. I was lucky enough to be able to attend that. Yeah. I was and on first that see, night. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you talking. I, I didn't get to hear as many stories as you did, but I got to, I was surrounded by kids trying to get autographs to the point I couldn't move. I was standing beside the dugout trying to take photos and I had kids around my legs. It was quite the experience, but it's, uh, yeah, it's between the innings, stuff like that. It just makes the game even better and makes the night even better. 
The thing I like the most about that all-star game is that everybody, like they were still trying and I had my job to do, but nobody was uber intense until they got to the eighth inning. And it was yeah. funny, like every, cause every team had a, their, their coach took rotation coming to first base and they just, everybody took, took their turn uh, coaching. And so I got to have a pretty good chat with all the guys around the league on a more um, personal level than a, a hard ass level, I guess. And yeah. so it was a lot of fun. We had some, some, some jokes and I actually had a, uh, when Tyler Jeske came down, the Mavericks manager, he came down about the third or the fourth. I can't remember what it was. He shook shook my hand. He goes, "Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that call you made in the in the in the last call, last pitch in the eleventh. He goes, yeah. "He goes, that was inside." I said, "Well, it was high too." I said, "Doing." He laughed, and we we had a chuckle about it and called her good. So it uh, it was a great event that they had in Okotoks there, um, the All Star Game. I hope that they they don't just because Okotoks kind of I don't want to say runs the league, but they have a pretty they there's a thing there. I hope that they've spread that all-star game around because I think Medicine Hat would do one hell of a job hosting something like that. I can confidently say there's interest in Medicine Hat. Yeah, I think, and I think Medicine Hat would do a very good job at it. Obviously, they they're maybe not as it's not as new as a park as Okotoks. It's freshly renovated though, and I think it could. I think Medicine Hat uh, has a lot to offer for that all-star game. Plain and simple. Hundred uh, percent. We're talking about the Mavericks a, a bunch here. Um, what's what's Greg Morrison's like when? I don't know because I and I I mean to ask this to to coaches and players when the season's over like the, tonight's the last game I this will air tomorrow so when you guys hear this it'll be it'll be WCBL champion but um what is the end of the season like for for these players and for Morrison and what do they say to not only the players but to to Tyler Jeske and the coaching staff like what kind of handshake agreements are there what like how does it all go down and what do you what give us a little bit of insider knowledge that, that you may or may not have <laughs> oh boy okay um so yeah uh what's today's yeah so i just had a story come out today thursday uh i talked to greg uh tuesday i read that this morning yeah, yeah. well thanks and yeah. uh just we talked about the season and kind of so we got back from moose jaw sunday night or i guess monday morning after the loss in game three and I think guys left Monday morning. There was a couple gone. guys that left. Yeah, gone. And some were leaving later Monday. That's when I did I did a sit down with Tyler. Also, I've got a story on that already out. And um, I think right now it's too early for guys to even commit for next year because a lot of it's up to the schools. It's kind of amazing how much schools control these players. I'm well, not pitch, a big fan pitch of it. counts and everything else. It's a, it's odd. To yeah. Me, but. Even position players, like the teams, like the colleges get to go, all right, these are the places we want you to play next summer. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I don't know if that's everybody, but that was what a couple of players told me is it's up to their colleges. So I know Greg has said that he wants to bring back as many as he can. And like they had a good talented group that I would bring back as many as I could with that group as well. And so it'd be interesting to see, no coach decided uh, decisions have been made on coaches. Uh, that's not, in, that's not really breaking news. That was yeah. again in my story, but um, yeah, I think it's just right now. It's kind of like, thanks for this year. Uh, I know Greg said he gets to sleep in a couple of days and then he'll start already thinking about next year and uh, looking to bring in bodies for uh, next season. Is uh, was it Hunter Cooper, right? Yep. Is he, he's, I think he's, he's probably aged he, out. He? I think I because he yeah. was around in yeah. 19 and that's yeah, a long, was. long time ago, all of a sudden, like it's, yeah. it, it doesn't seem like it, but you go two years of, of COVID and however old he was. And now you're 2022, the turnover of these players. I don't think that the, the average fan actually realizes that, that these guys are when they're 20, 22, 23 years old, that's it. Yeah, like, that's it. Like it, it's a longer, yeah. the longer thing than junior hockey, which we'll talk about in a second, but it's uh, it's crazy how 
a guy who's 22 is that well that's it yeah which is crazy like i have to break the curtain i'm 23 and yeah. that was something that like looking at covering guys my age and seeing how like oh this is it for you this is kind of tough and now i know with covid guys get certain extensions with their universities and colleges so they yeah, still have a couple something. more years so like i think all of the guys that maybe aged out and what is the is it 23 someone tried to tell me it's 25 for the wcbl i Jeez, I've been around this league so long. They used to like have people who were 30 and 40 years yeah. old in this league. It was like, oh, yeah. it's like an old-timers league almost. It's weird. But. I do know. I don't think Hunter <laughs> – I shouldn't say I, I know. I don't think Hunter Cooper will come back next season. I think he has – and he's good enough to play elsewhere. He's another guy like that. Uh, and nice I don't kid, know about, too. Yeah. Man, oh, like, great kid. Just smiling all the time. Oh, he's from laughing. Anaheim and a big oh, yeah. Life, yeah. Life's pretty easy for him, I think, in, in, yeah. in California. So he's a good – he's a really good kid. Yeah. Um, we'll get off of the, the Mavericks here. Uh, one thing, and I had, um, I had Brooks coach on here, Jake, uh, and he, we, we, we did some what's right and what's wrong with the WCBL. Um, name me a, a couple of things that you, if you were commissioner of WCBL for, for a day, name a couple of things that you would, uh, that you would change. Like what's, um, Okay, first off, actually, what's right with the league that you like? Let's let's stay, let's stay positive. What what is right with the league? Wooden bats. Wooden bats are the best part of this league, I think. As silly as that sounds, yeah. there is no better sound than a wooden bat. It changes the game too. Oh yeah, it's amazing, and like yeah, it, it equalizes it a bit. I think. Um, what else is right about this league? That makes it sound like there's not. There is a lot of right. There's a lot, but yeah. Um, yeah, I just think maybe I don't. I like the geography of where all the league teams are. I don't have to travel as much. I was lucky enough to go all the East Division teams this year, yeah. uh, so that was easy for me. Uh, I just think the way I didn't mind the schedule either. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard for me, Brent, because I don't. I'm not a day to day. I'm yeah. more on the outside, so I don't know. There's a lot of things right. I don't want to just uh, pull things, but for me, it was that bat, the sound of the bat. And uh, that's the biggest right for me is that they'll get that right and keep it going. Well, you get ground balls to stay in the infield because yeah. they're not going at 140 miles an hour off an aluminum bat. It's or safer. Pops yeah. a bat or whatever it is. And, you, and there's more more balls that stay in the ballpark. And, and it, it gives the pitcher uh, a pitcher fighting chance, I, I find, compared yeah. to, like, the, to university baseball and NCAA baseball down in the, uh, in the States there. Um, what do you think is wrong with the league? I'll, what would I change? I'll say, yeah, I don't want to say what's wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say the schedule. I would say the schedule, you know, other people, other guests in your show have said the schedule. So I'm not going to go into that even further. Yeah. Um, that to me is just the biggest thing that needs to be changed. And, uh, another thing would be maybe like something's got to be done to mainstream the live streams and make them a little bit more regulatory. I think just to like, cause some teams would be like, it'd be two batters behind. And for me, who's watching it, trying to report on a game yeah. for family, you want to watch it as close to up to date as you can. And I know they just introduced that this year. So they got things to improve on and that's good. in them, I guess, for putting that in and get all the teams to do it. I know there's one team that doesn't do it. And I think that's a little, um, yeah, they, 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 they broadcast it on, on YouTube and I, I watched yeah. it. It's Moose Jaw. I mean, not yeah. why that's who did it, yeah. why they did it. Who knows? Well, it's my. a little Mickey mouse in my opinion, but that's whatever. Yeah. Um, I would move the all-star game up. Yeah. I think, and that's part of the schedule, right? I would make schedules. Like for me, the season would have ended two weeks ago. I know I said, I wasn't going to talk about this. No, go ahead. No, absolutely. Yeah. I would have ended the season like two weeks ago or like a week ago, like yeah. the finals done because 
as cool as it is to see which team has enough depth, I don't think it's like, if you're a fan, you don't like, you're getting guys in the end of the season. You're like, Oh, I haven't seen this guy. Like I know that guy from May, but he's gone. And now there's this no new guy and it's just not a big, I don't know. It's not, I'm not a fan of it. Um, but I mean, they got to make money. And I understand that you need the gates and that's how some teams well, in the over the years, out. over the years, James, it seemed to me that the team that would win this league was the one that had the most players left. Yeah. I've seen this league get depleted to where there was 15 guys total, you know, and, and you and to end the season. And it's just too long because they, like we said, these guys are just kids and they come right from college. Like I know we got our CCBC season done on the holiday Monday of the May long weekend. And we had the WCBL game on Friday. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't stop. And and I'm not getting any younger. So for me, it's a really, it's a long year. And then these yeah. kids, they come right from their schools. They play, they kind of want to maybe have some summer at home for a couple of days too, before well, they, they go back should, to college. They should get some time off like arm health and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Like I know guys left this week and they had practice Wednesday. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's yeah. not, the one other change I would make is every league has to install mosquito repellents around cool. dugouts and stuff. I have never had this much issues with mosquitoes. It made games miserable and horrible. I yeah, like the amount of bottles I went through, and like in Moose Jaw, I had to do a quick run to Walmart to get some <laughs> before game three, and I just I'm like this isn't fun. And yeah, oh, I had some nights in Brooks, man. It was. Awful, like absolutely. Like, I gotta go. I yeah. you're, this this guy's out because we're leaving. This and is not that bad. Not to sewer a town, but I know Wayburn uh, catcher Andrew Savage couldn't see. He's like, I gotta call time because there's mosquitoes in my eyes. Oh, it's and I was like, terrible. we can't have this. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. Uh, no, it's it's a fun league. I think it's a great league that. Oh yeah, that uh, the people seem to enjoy. Like I said earlier, before we went on the air, I'm I'm going to Okotoks tonight to do Game Three of the finals, working third base. Uh, between Moose Jaw and uh, Okotoks, but when people hear this, it'll it'll all be said and done. But we'll have, we'll give give me a prediction. What's going to happen tonight in in uh, Okotoks and Moose Jaw? What do you think? I knew that was coming. Um, you know, the one guy that didn't that got held off the offensive staffs really in the Medicine Hat Moose Jaw series that I think is going to kind of explode here and didn't game one is Nate Mensick for mm-hmm. Moose Jaw, and I think the kind of attitude that he has and the way he plays the game, I could see him maybe kind of going big league here for one game. And I'm going to say Moose Joe wins tonight. Yeah. I'm not allowed to yeah. say anything right now, but it's kind of, oh, like, I know. Yeah. That, that was kind of, uh, that was kind of my thought. Like I said, I, I thought even earlier in the season, I thought that Moose Joe was, uh, they were a really talented team. And I, I, I don't, uh, there was something that I didn't like about Okotoks. I, I couldn't put my finger on it. I, I still can't, but I still, there's just something that they just don't have. I know they, they want a record amount of games here, but they have some different competition. And it's another thing we talk about the league, but uh, I, yeah, I think I, who knows? I, I mean, the team that scores the most runs is going to win. That's all I can say. That's that's yeah. all I can say at this, at this point. But tomorrow I'll do a little bit more of a, a follow up on it. Uh, 1420 sports bar podcast, four beer sports talk, and a whole lot more brought to you by seat geek and SeatGeek.com. Are you ready to play some pepper there, James? Sounds good. Okay, here we go. Uh, favorite team growing up. Toronto blue Jays. Still the same. Yep. Ontario people. I'm a good Ontario boy. There yeah. you go. Favorite baseball player growing up? Edwin Encarnacion. I I didn't mind him actually. Now that you mentioned, yeah. like there was a while there, I thought that that walking the parrot thing was a bit of a nozzle move, but it's kind of it grew on me a little bit. Oh and they, yeah, man. Those Jays teams, they that was one thing. I don't know if you heard me talk about it before, but those Jays teams when they were winning and, and going far in the playoffs, everything else in 2015 and 16, I believe they, 
really bring more baseball fans. Like I'm a baseball guy. I watch hockey, but I'm more of a baseball guy. The way that those teams brought baseball fans out of the woodworks was, was great for me. Cause even though people, I like the Yankees and people hate the Yankees for whatever reason, um, it really brought more people in, into baseball. More people were talking about it. Oh yeah. Like I, I want to make you feel old, Brent 2015. I was in grade nine and I was on a Jeez. high school trip for game five when it all went down to the ALDS and yeah. there was people on that bus. I know don't give a damn about baseball. They were tuned in and we listened to it on the radio yeah. and it mattered to them. And it was amazing just to see how like blue Jay spirit through my small town and everywhere. And, you know, maybe two years later it was gone because the blue Jays were having some tough bounces, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's amazing what playoff baseball does for uh, a team team other than the Yankees that you can't stand. I don't mind the Yankees, actually. That's a good, that's a great answer. I just, you got to respect, game respects game. You know, that's what it is for me. Uh, I hate the Red Sox. I like you more and more the longer we talk here. (laughs) Buck Foston, yeah. Uh, No, uh, baseball moment you've seen live, your favorite baseball moment you may have seen live. Whatever league doesn't much matter. Um, I got to see Rowdy tell us his first home run. And that's kind of okay, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. something. Yeah, I can't think of well, Braden Desonia breaking the WCBL record. I don't know why I didn't go with that. That's probably that's cool. I said to the guy on the bench, like, that's the coolest thing I've ever covered in sports so far. And yeah, we'll go with that one. There you go. Uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Nah, it's its own thing. It's its own hot dog sandwich. Nah, it's its own. I get me and my me and Deanne. We argue about that all the time. She doesn't think it is. It's bread. It's it's cut the same way like a submarine, like a subway sandwich. Yeah, the the bread's the same. It's got metal with condiments. I think it's. I think it's it's its own perfect entity. It's its own entity. Have you ever caught a foul ball or a home run at a game as a fan? Oh boy, I got a great story for this. It wasn't a foul ball, but it was. I was in Detroit. And it was Vlad Jr.'s rookie season in Toronto. Yeah. And I was up third base and he threw it to a kid behind me. Kid can't catch. Sucks for him. I leaned back and caught it. And I said to my dad, I'm like, well, I'll fight somebody. But this is coming home with me. Yeah. And it's sitting on my dresser in Mitchell, Ontario. I uh, I got the same kind of story. I was in New York uh, sitting in the ble- in uh, section 103 in right field. And uh my main man, Carlos Beltran, little did I know he's going to be a cheat and prick with the Astros later on, but whatever. Uh, he threw one up in the stands, and I I reached up and I grabbed it. And, of course, there was a kid sitting next to I was like, son of a bitch. And so all the people were, give it to the kid, give it to the kid. So, like, the the mom took a picture. She, I gave the kid the ball. And then uh, as I was, I went to get something, I came back down to my seat, and she was leaving the stadium. She goes, Here's your ball back. This means a lot more to you than it does to the kids. So okay. I, I got the ball back, and I'm actually taking it to New York with me this weekend to hopefully get it signed because Paul O'Neill Day on uh, on Sunday. A uh, couple more here. Um, one rule you would change in the game of baseball if you're a commissioner for a day. I kind of don't like the three batter rule for hey. pit relief pitchers. Yeah, I like there was something special to me about the one lefty on lefty. Like you gotta. This is my lefty. He's gonna go against your lefty, and then we'll put a righty in after him. 
I loved that. Yeah, there was a guy you wouldn't remember because he, he, I mean, he, he pitched forever. But uh, Jesse Orozco, he, he, he made a career out of being a left-handed guy who would come out of the bullpen, face one guy, and sit down, throw six pitches. Yeah. I'll, I'll go sit down again. I don't care. No, I, 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 I quite agree with that. The one thing I would like to see change, just uh, and people talk about the length of game, and I, I mean, it's the length, the, the length. But one thing I would like to see change is the um, the amount of pitches when a guy comes out of the bullpen. He's already been thrown down there for 20 minutes. Yeah. He doesn't need eight pitches when he comes to the mound. Throw three. Let's get this thing going a little bit. That's an umpire if I've ever heard one. Yep. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> we got to get going here. Yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, it's crazy. This this crazy game that that we uh, we all. Well, it's for we, it's we for commercials, like. right? It's no, 100. Yeah. It's, it's 100. No. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, talking about baseball here. Uh, let's move on a little bit to uh, to hockey. Uh, a legend. I've heard him announce games when I was a kid. Uh, heard him when I lived, lived in Medicine Hat. He was on the radio. He's a he's a legend around that town, around around the Western Hockey League, and around the CHL. Uh, Bob Ridley, uh, four thousand plus games, the whole bit, the, drove the bus. We all know the story. Um, you've had probably had some not a whole bunch of interaction since you've been here. But what do you uh, what do you know about Rids and uh, his uh, send off and retirement and everything else? What do you know about the the man, the myth, the legend, Bob Ridley? <laughs> I'll tell you, Brent, uh, that Tuesday, it was a surprise to me. I saw it on Twitter. His son tweeted it out. And I was like, whoa, that's news. And it was big news. And I was lucky enough. I've been lucky enough to talk to Rids a bunch of times here and uh, meet him in the hallways. Obviously, last year, he only called one game because he was away with cancer treatments. And he finishes his career at 4,022 games. And I don't think that I'll ever be touched. Obviously, in the WHL, I doubt in the NHL. I don't know where some guys are at, but I think it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And he's getting to go out on his own terms. Ridge is in good health from what everything he told me. And he just said it was time. And it's as simple as that. I think a guy that does something like that for 52 years and he's 78 years old, he gets to damn decide when he wants to retire. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. So I, th- he'll be there. That's the, re- the best part is he'll still be at every home game, probably drinking coffee with the coaches before the games. But, uh, yeah, I think he just gets to kind of enjoy the rest of the day now, and he doesn't have to ride on the bus too. I know the Maver or Tigers. Geez, I got to get that figured out before the season starts. Before the Tigers are heading to the states this summer, so or the winter, so he doesn't yeah. have to do that. Yeah, that's got to start wearing a guy. I mean, geez, I went, I remember when I played junior hockey many, 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 many years ago. It uh, it the, the bus trips can get a little bit tough, and, and especially when he was he didn't drive it for a while now, obviously, but. Man, those road trips got to start wearing on a guy and everything else. And and you, you can't – and when I know, like, during COVID, they were calling games remotely. And you you'd see you, you don't get the same feel when they're doing it that way compared to having a guy in the building. I think he was actually in the building. I think he – but he wasn't allowed to ride the team bus. He had to drive himself. I'm pretty sure in 2020 he drove himself to the games. Don't quote me on that. Well, I believe that's, it. That's... Yeah, that's what I'd seen us report on before is that – he would drive. It was the first time he had to drive himself to games in ten years or something, since he stepped off the bus. Yeah, Crazy. yeah. No. It's uh, no. It's. I mean, I can't say good enough good things about Bob Ridley. Uh, he's a great guy, um, and a great broadcaster from what I've got to hear. And uh, yeah, I feel bad for whoever tries to step into his shoes next year. Well, you that's can. a tough one because uh, yeah, yeah Deanne when she worked at Chat. Uh, chat news there she would run into ridley in the hallways there and she said he was just the nicest guy all the time 
would do anything, anything that you ask and, and help, try to help out. And he was very supportive of anybody getting into the business. And, and, uh, it, it was, uh, it was great to, uh, it's, it was great to be able to hear him call games and the amount of love that he gets in that city. Uh, it's, it's second to none. The, the people just, they, they love, they love their ridge. There's no getting around there. I mean, Ralph's has a, a hamburger named after him for Christ's sake. So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, the Wrigley, the Ridley burgers. No, it's, it's quite a, a good send off. I'm sure he'll, they'll have a, a big ceremony or something again for, for uh, when, because he did retire this year. It's a, yep. it's, it's a good thing. So uh, Tiger season's coming up. We'll have you on again uh, in September when, once the, uh, once the, the Tiger season, hopefully they have a better season than they did last year. It was a bit of a rough one, uh, we'll, but we'll have you on again. We'll do a preseason uh, talk. We'll get the guy from uh, Lethbridge here, Dustin Forbes and Nathan Ryder wrote me. We'll have a round table. We'll sit around and get Forbes on here and talk some Western hockey hockey. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Thank uh So all in all, you, you, you must've been, you must really enjoy, uh, the Maverick season, I, I saw it, like I said, I saw you out. Uh, at first, you weren't on the field. Then a few times, like, why is he he's standing on the field? It, it, I didn't mind, whatever. <laughs> I, like, I started, wanted to. Like, you, know, started, you started to kind of worming your way through. Okay, I'm yeah. a little closer, a little closer. Then by the end, it was like, I just leave him up there. Well, that's, I wondered, I was waiting for that, Brent, all season. <laughs> I started the first game. I stood on the visitor side dugout. Yeah. And I was like, I'll just hide, hide here. And then I was just like, oh, this is my field too, you know? And I, yeah. I just started to stand where I stood and... Uh, I know the players weren't allowed to be outside of the dugout. And sometimes the players would be like, well, look where he's standing. And I would just be standing there. I'm like, wow, if I get hit, the umpire is not in charge of me. So yeah, no, it was, um, I loved it. And like, it's got to the point uh, early in the season, I went on the road to Swift Current for a game. I went to Weyburn for a two game trip. And then uh, obviously went on the road with the playoffs. And I don't know how guys do it. Like me sitting on a bus, I was in pain. And then I had to watch the game. That was, that must be hard. They had to play it. Yeah. I don't know how guys do it and uh, my hat's off to them, but uh, no, it was a great season. I got paid to watch baseball almost every day, Brent. It's kind of hard to complain about that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I get paid to do it. People <laughs> yell at me though. So whatever, it's a different, different little situation. No, it's great. No, I'm, I'm glad you're out there because uh, the, in the past, there hasn't been the greatest reporting of this league, but you did a great job night in, night out and promoting this league a lot. Uh, you're on Twitter all Thank the you. time. What's your, what's your Twitter handle? Get it out to the people out there. My uh, Twitter handle, oh, it's uh, Reporter Tub, uh, T-U-B-B, two yeah. Bs. Uh, and then on Instagram's Reporter James, pretty basic. That's one thing I got to get more of that. Because kids seem to be using the Instagram. I don't know. It's just too yeah. many buttons and things. I Whatever. <laughs> I don't mind. I, I post uh, photos after every Rip Mavericks game. Get a couple photos after every game. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I need a social media manager. Oh, that's right. This doesn't pay very well. So anyways, yeah, no. Uh, no, James, thank you very much for being on the show today. Like I said, it'll just be out tomorrow. Uh, we'll get it out there, get it out to masses. But yeah, thank you very much. Like I said, for covering the league. Uh, you, did, you did a great job all season long with the Mavericks and, and the league in general. And I re- we really appreciate it. We talk about you in the umpires room all the time. And uh, hopefully people, because uh, you don't even have to buy a newspaper anymore. His articles are all on Twitter. Make sure you read them. James does a very good job. With, uh, with what's going on. So we, we uh, really appreciate all the work you did this year for the WCBL. Thank you, Brent. And please buy a newspaper, though. I know it's online, but that's right. maybe buy 10 newspapers and a subscription. Yeah, it doesn't hurt, actually. We, <laughs> uh, we actually subscribe to Leopard Herald here in town. And uh, so we, we get it every morning. And so I, I do read it. So it's, it's, a, it's a thing. And actually, like when I lived in the hat, I, I, would, I would buy a paper. And I did subscribe. But I always like if I went for uh, breakfast, I'd always grab the paper and read it. Like, why, why not? Yep. It's, it's, it's quick and easy and it's, it's buy, buy papers. It is a, uh, it is a dying breed out there. There are, there are pretty few and far between paper newspapers are uh, they're, they're dying the, the way of the dodo a little bit, but so get out there and support your local newspapers for sure. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that, Brent. And thanks for having me here today. 
No, it was fun. It went uh, pretty pretty seamless. We talked some some baseball. We'll have you on again, like I said, in the spring. The 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, Four Beer Sports Talk, and a whole lot more brought to you by SeatGeek and SeatGeek.com. Use promo code 1420POD. I think I got that right. At SeatGeek.com today for all your tickets, and you save yourself 20 bucks. Have a good day, folks. We'll talk to you guys again on uh, probably on Saturday. Are you thinking of going to a game or a concert in the coming days ahead, or do you already have tickets and want to upgrade where you're sitting? It's simple. Go to SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. They have tickets for all sports going on right now, as well as concert tickets to shows throughout North America. And to make things even better, use promo code 1420POD, that's 1420POD, and receive 20 bucks off your first purchase. Once again, that's promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. Foul tips brought to you by BetUS.com. BetUS.com, you get 125% of your sign-up bonus back. Uh, it's got your sports books. It's got your casino games. It's got it all. So go to BetUS.com for all you degenerate gamblers out there. Let's get some skin in the game and uh, make yourself some money. Uh, we're getting a promo code set up shortly, but if you just click on the link, the 1420 link that is on our uh, our Twitter account mainly, it'll, it'll get you to BetUS.com, and you can uh, start padding your pockets. Uh, later on tonight, the producer and I, like I said in the opening, we're heading to New York City. Uh, the main reason it's her, it's her uh, I'm not going to say the age of it because she might punch me in the back of the head right away, but uh, it's her birthday today. So we're heading to New York City tonight for the weekend. And the next week, we're going to a Billy Joel concert at Madison Square Garden. It's uh, something that her parents and her brother set up for us. So let's uh, thank you very much to uh, Peter, Helen, and James for doing that, that for us. It's uh, She w- always wanted to see Billy Joel. And so we're going to the garden to see that next Wednesday night, I believe. But we're going to uh, heading back to the Bronx for the first time since 2019. Going to the games tomorrow with the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays tomorrow Sunday, which is Paul O'Neill Day. Uh, that'll be a, a nice thing to say. To, to I think we're going to sit in the bleachers and do the Paul O'Neill chant like it was uh, 2001 all over again. It'll be a lot of fun. And then the, the Subway Series on Monday night, uh, all, all the games at Yankee Stadium. I put a poll up to the, uh, just about an hour ago. It'll be up on it's on our Twitter Twitter account to. Uh, is the Yankees lead uh, safe? They're not their nine game lead over the uh, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Rays. Um, is it safe? Yes, it's safe. It's nine games or no, it's not safe. Uh, it's only nine games. So uh, get out and vote on the Twitter to Twitter polls. It's uh, interesting. The uh, results are pretty uh, going against what the Yankees are doing right now. They aren't playing good baseball. They got smoked last night by the that said Toronto Blue Jays. So that should uh, be a good series to go to. Uh, Deanne, she's a, a Jays fan through and through but uh some some cockamamie fucking loyalty to toronto i don't know if she's born there or something but it's it's one of those things that uh, so she'll be wearing a blue jays uh garb i guess throughout the weekend so it should be a, a lot of fun to be back in the bronx again uh going to the old the old stomping grounds the yankee tavern and uh go to, to stands and billies and everything else and maybe we'll even go to uh the dugout and have taco bell if it's still even even open i don't even know if it's even open anymore but gonna head there it should be a lot of fun the, the Yankees aren't playing great baseball right now, but, you know, you always get to go to the Bronx. It's, it's more of the game day experience than anything else. Um, so, yeah, that, that's where we stand right now. Make sure you get, get to betus.com and uh, get, get some skin in the game. Uh, go to Manscaped and get your stuff. And then, of course, uh, go to SeatGeek and SeatGeek.com. Use promo code 1420POD. Uh, once again, James uh, Tubb from the Hat News, thank you very much for joining, joining us down in the tavern and uh, doing an interview and talking about the Mavericks. We got something set up. For the uh, for the fall to do a, a talk about Western Hockey League, but this is a baseball thing. So, but anyways, a lot of fun having James on the show. It was a pretty seamless little conversation we had there, and he's uh, 
pretty enthusiastic about his baseball. So it's good to have a guy join us down here so you guys could hear somebody else's voice than just mine flapping in the wind. But anyways, 1420 Sports Bar Podcast and Foul Tips. Take care of each other. More importantly, take care of yourself. You need to be around. Keep your stick on the ice. And remember, smart people butt. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.